0: Hello and welcome to Movement, a weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, Melinda Cousins interviews a leader from within our movement and then asks them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week.
1: Welcome back. Today I have the opportunity to be sitting down with John Beasley. Uh John has been a local church pastor in the one church for 24 mm, years, yeah. uh, part of our movement here in Baptist Churches of South Australia for a long time. Uh, he is a father of four, grandfather of five and another yeah, on the way, excitingly.
0: That's, right. that's
1: exciting. It is. And I have learned today that not only is he a musician, but he's also a footy player from way back and a third generation Carlton tragic.
0: That's correct. That's oh,
1: correct. The things you learn.
0: Yeah, my... Um, my hips are telling me that story now, given <laughs> my advance. Um, maturity in life <laughs> and I'm feeling those 400 games I've played at different levels so yeah you do feel it.
1: Uh, fantastic but uh, one of the reasons I really wanted to have a chat with John is that he's been involved in our Baptist movement at a number of levels so in the local church uh, then involved in our state leadership and then on the national uh, council mm. and leadership as mm. national president for a few years and then John's had the opportunity through those roles to be involved with the Baptist World Alliance which mm. probably a lot of people listening have never even heard mm. of but it's the global movement that we're a part of. So thanks so much for being here, John.
0: Welcome. I'm glad to be here.
1: Excellent. Well, I might start by asking the question I've started with everyone, which is, can you tell us a bit about the experiences that you had and the passions that drive you that have led to you doing these things with your life?
0: Well, yeah. Uh, The initial calling, I suppose, into church ministry or Christian ministry came from my dad. Okay. Um, Dad was a passionate evangelist. Uh, He was the... Country representative for North West Victoria for OAC ministries. Okay. So, Dad was one of those preachers who had the van, and uh, from the littlest tacker I can yeah. remember going out to all the campaigns with Dad. Um, and Rob George, actually, right. who's now the state um, and national, international yeah. uh, director of OAC. OAC which is
1: open air, is that right? That so used to be open door? air
0: campaigners. Oh. Right. And now it's called, I think, the outreach arm of the church.
1: Okay, fantastic. Um, so they
0: changed the OAC yeah. to mean something else. But right. uh, I was involved from day one right. in, in all these incredible exposures to fantastic evangelists Mm -hmm. and and people who had a heart for God. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that followed the Billy Graham crusade too. Right. And Mm -hmm. I remember my dad going around to all the Billy Graham campaigns and uh, I was a little boy going along with him to those. And then out of that, uh, he had this ministry alongside being a poultry farmer and Mm -hmm. vineyard farmer and mayor of the city of Mildura. So, um, but that evangelism heart... And, mm-hmm. and then a heart for the local church, mm-hmm. both in good times and bad times. We had a couple of bad experiences with local church ministry, right. which actually helped me shape what I felt local church ought to be about.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and then we had some tremendous experiences in okay. local church, which showed a pattern of what it could be. Um, so that was certainly a shaper, mm-hmm. and um, the exposure to those ministries was wonderful. Uh, then I had a passion for what I'd say would be the human condition of life and the people who are going through struggles in life. i right. not quite sure where that originated from, but it was just a passion. Yeah. I originally wanted to be a probation officer okay. um, and, and a parole <laughs> officer, uh, and I wanted to work with kids in adoption and adoption and foster care and those sorts of things. So that shaped my training, and I went to South Australia, came here, yeah. and, and I did my Bachelor of Social Work. and. Work right. towards then being placed in a department of mm-hmm. um, welfare in Victoria because was my home city team, in Victoria. Right. Yeah. So I got a call from the department to say they had a sub-office in Modura a sub-office mm-hmm. of the Bendigo office, and um, they were looking for an officer in charge.
1: Right. You know,
0: this was before I completed my studies. So okay. I had a job <laughs> to go straight to, and you know what the job was? Probation, parole. Foster care, adoption, wow. and wardship, yep. which was the All guardianship things. of the um, government over children, yep. and so that was right along my passion. Yep. And so I basically had my first um, thirty years, as it were, in or twenty to twenty-five years in service in the government sector. Right. Now that opened a wide range of um, ways of um, serving the community, but mm-hmm. it also pushed me to the places of the deeper. Um, more dysfunctional areas Mm -hmm. of, of people's struggles that the largely the church wasn't touching. Right. So yeah. I, I was in a local church, but I was also the director of the department, and this mm-hmm. is where Carl Collins came as a as a um, worker around um, child protection. Ah,
1: oh, okay, you guys go way back. <laughs> yeah,
0: so he started as, as my child protection officer within right. that department. Yeah. And and we basically became a sub-office into an office of the Mallee region and mm-hmm. ultimately into the headquarters of the Loddon Mallee region. So I was regional director over many, many facilities there and many staff in that, that region, Lotton Mallee, mm. of which Carl then was a part on the child protection team. Yeah. But all of that shaped me to say um, there are people going through um, mental health struggles, mm-hmm. um, struggles with relationships, uh, abusive behaviour, who are both victims and also perpetrators of those things. Uh, and the church largely was doing its Sunday stuff, mm. but I, I could see that there was nothing touching that area. And so, people were going to the secular arena or getting help from the government
1: mm-hmm. in
0: areas that the church had no influence over. So that's one of the shapers.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and so, as I started to work alongside my professional life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I actually became leader of a local church, and I've became part of a church plant in the Moira area. Um, mm-hmm. Endorsed by the Baptist Union of Victoria, right. and I was pastoring alongside the professional role.
1: Ah, doing the for same many time. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And you can certainly see the connections, can't you? I was thinking when you were talking about those areas of probation and parole and adoption and foster care—that kind of redemptive sense, yeah. you know, that people who've done it really tough and trying to help them. Flourish and find life and hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: and the beautiful thing is that the department ended up becoming, as departments do, <laughs> yeah. um, a, a macro department. We end up going across um, housing um, oh. and, to some degree, um, intellectual disability. Uh, certainly, mental illness areas, uh, mental health, um, and hospitals came into that arena too. In in the long run, so we, and then we had the whole preventative developmental area like early childhood development mm-hmm. um, so all of that stuff together gave me a big picture of people's lives and where they're yeah. at but again the church wasn't doing anything in those areas so, the, so that was a, a, a big motivating factor.
1: Yeah. And I'm probably jumping ahead but some of the people listening won't know but you were a pastor at Enfield and of course a big part of the ministry there was Lifewell yes. and I'm starting to see maybe where yeah, some of that was right. birthed
0: out of. Well, well let's go there now yeah. because cause that does um, move that direction because I believe the church should, and, and so Scott Hawkins has got a wonderful quote. He <laughs> says, the church should do more than tickle the cheeks of the redeemed. <laughs> nice. And I love that. Yeah. And that was basically, before I'd seen that quote, it was what my heart was saying. Right. I just gave words to we've it. We've got yeah. to do more than tickle the cheeks of the redeemed. Mm. So when I came to, to Enfield, Enfield was, what attracted me is there was a church that was doing some community stuff. Right. Um, it probably wasn't into the restorative arena, what mm-hmm. it was calling counselling perhaps wasn't counselling and other things wasn't quite what they ought to be, but it was doing a lot of connection stuff, so mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Um, but there were two events that sort of bore in upon us. One lady had a stillborn child right. and another lady had cancer, mm-hmm. and both of them were very closely involved with our care ministries. Um, and they had to go outside our local church to get what I'd say was the deeper help. Mm -hmm. We could pray for them, we could support them and encourage them, but they went out for their mutual support group, for their guidance on how to manage and cope with these things, and the church wasn't the place that they went. And when they went outside, they found themselves exposed to different ways of thinking that didn't align with their faith. Right. And simply we said that's not good enough, Mm -hmm. and so... That became the time that after having settled in for two or three years, I was able then to give real emphasis to, well, we are going to do more than tickle the cheeks of mm-hmm. redeem. Yeah. So that's where LifeWell was born um, yeah. and was born by a vision of the whole person, body, mm-hmm. mind and spirit.
1: Fantastic. Can, for, me, for people who are unaware of LifeWell, can you yeah. give us a really brief overview of what LifeWell yeah. is now today? Yeah.
0: Well, so, so LifeWell started as that how can we express Jesus Luke 4 mandate that he came for, let's take the prisoner he came for the real prisoner in Mm -hmm. prison, he came for the prisoner of the heart prisoner Mm -hmm. of the mind, prisoner of the soul he came for the prisoner in the whole sense so we wanted to do something that reflected body, mind and spirit Mm -hmm. and so we introduced a um, a centre that started with massage therapy
1: right. as
0: a redemptive action okay. from yep. a broken world. Yep. Um, Jesus touched oil, ministered mm. that way. So we said we're going to do a, a ethically correct yep. um, ministry. So body.
1: Yep. And now it
0: didn't do the whole body. It wasn't meant to be a medical centre, sure. but it was re- representing yeah, the body, making sure that's part of the story. Yeah. Yep. And then we um, said, well, Jesus came for our mind, mm-hmm. and uh, so counselling, professional mm. counselling, became something to help people in their cognitive life to yeah. think through um, their thinking and, you know, we're renewed by the thinking of our mind. Mm-hmm. So that sort of concept came there. And, and then our soul, just our mm-hmm. whole sense of emotions and well-being and relationships. Things like guys struggling with the sexual addictive behaviours, mm-hmm. um, uh, women doing a, a woman-to-woman course where they could actually be together and discover something about uh, how life happens mm-hmm. um, together. Um, so we introduced these things, courses... Counseling and um, massage therapy as the core irreducible components of a right. restorative care mm-hmm. centre. So we called it that. Yep. So it became firstly just a room in the old manse that I used to live in right. with my wife and family. Yeah. Um, so we got out of there. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting there with these two ladies and um, a few people to, sitting there saying, well, where are we going to find a place to do something like this mm-hmm that's not so much in the church but in the vicinity of the church where right. we have opportunity to connect through that. So we were looking over there at the, from the car park and over there was the manse and we said that's it. That's and the location. So, so essentially that became then we got out, right. um, bought a house and then the manse became progressively became the life centre so it's a holistic care centre Um, it's professional services people need to be part of their professional association and have proper qualifications for what they do but it's an integrated care centre and it's thoroughly Christian in its um, ethos and practice.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. And so it's still there in the same location today, but then there's also yeah. other places as well. It's, so
0: God goes before us. Um, so we call it Life or Central now. Right. And the reason we call it Life or Central is that there are five other expressions. Right. <laughs> Um, a, as well as international expressions oh, of really? well. Oh, So, the, yeah. uh, in fact, the latest uh, expression is at Gateway Baptist. So I was out right. there two Sundays back launching Gateway um, yeah. Lifewell.
1: Yeah.
0: And we have a Lifewell out at Mount Barker and a Lifewell at Gawler and a Lifewell in South Road in Edwardstown uh, yeah. and, and Central. So... It's been a wonderful thing what God's yeah. done uh, to move now a movement like this, yep. which finds a bigger expression in the LifeWell Conference. Yes, um, of course.
1: Which is probably the you know flagship that some people yeah, might have heard of the conference, yeah. even
0: if they're not aware. So of So the, the rest conference is a way to sort of say, well, um, how do we represent the heart of LifeWell and that mm-hmm. whole restorative agenda? So it isn't essentially a worship conference. That's great worship. Yeah. Not essentially a discipleship teaching conference, it's a restorative conference and pushes mm-hmm. into that space that perhaps other, other conferences don't do.
1: Yeah, oh, that's mm. amazing that, that extent and how God has grown that ministry. Yeah. So, you're a local church pastor, passionate about the local church, passionate about a restoration of people in, a, in life. Well, all this is happening. How do you then find yourself involved at this kind of broader level, you know, state, national, and even internationally with the Baptist movement?
0: Okay, well, it starts with the local church mm-hmm. because of that passion. So, in the local church, firstly, they got expressed through the Life War Ministries and knowing that the church is God's agent to do a restorative work in a broken world. Um, so, th- that's where that got firstly reflected. And then I was invited to consider being um, part of the Baptist movement in the state. Right. Um, and so, like, the way I think of our movement is that we we are essentially a movement of the local church. Absolutely. That's how I see it. Yeah, you No. Know? Oh,
1: um
0: And... Um, the local church can do many things that uh, a second level mm. can't do. But mm. then again, as a Baptist movement, we need to understand that we are, in fact, a family, mm-hmm. a movement that has different levels of expression. Yeah. So the second level of expression, let's say, is the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're we collectively gathered together. We covenant together to act in certain ways with one another. That's where our standards come in, our accreditation comes in, the child protection measures, the... All those sorts of things come yeah. in at the state level. Absolutely. But we agree to do that together. Yeah,
1: lots of things that we think we, we couldn't do at the local church yeah. or it would bog the local church down to have to deal with. Absolutely. We can do together. Yeah. A- and
0: and the state can't do the things that the local church Absolutely can do. Absolutely So, so yeah. we don't properly understand our role as a Baptist movement unless we understand those mm. different levels. And yeah. I'll go to the other ones yeah. later. But <laughs> so I came to the state um, and the state asked me to... Um, Become involved in the board and other things. I was part of the inauguration of the counselling service when it was first here. Right, um, and then I was uh, asked to be president
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because we're going through an, an area of a uh, lot of change at that mm-hmm. point. And uh, so I was privileged to be able to be part of some of those significant changes at the state level. So that was the state aspect. Um, and so just let me yeah. say,
1: so president, because I'm assuming some people go, what? what's the president? So president is essentially chair of the board, that yeah. kind of governance level yeah. role. Is yeah. that a good That's way right. of explaining
0: it? Yeah, so the president at that stage was probably almost uh, a representative of the movement as well, whereas the... The um, state minister, Mm -hmm. or what we call state executive minister now, um, was the executive officer of the church. But that's changed a little bit now. Yes, that's (laughs) significant. But at that point, the president would go around often and and be the um, the figure of representing the movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, And still, to some extent, that is the case. Um, But also, did chair the the board and, and also was the um, figure who would manage through processes that were going yeah. to be changed, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, I oversaw I, I the change in the um, the Burley College uh, when we, we Coming finished to an end, that yeah. off, and that mm-hmm. was a sensitive and, and difficult process. Yeah. But um, as part of my role to, to, mm-hmm. to oversee that, mm-hmm. um, and we then involved in the whole amalgamation of Baptist. Uh, aged care or Baptist care uh, right. uh, homes for the aged with Baptist with, with Baptist care community right. oh, services. Okay. to yep. become Baptist care. Ah, I see. Yeah. So, so that was actually my approach. I shared those different um, processes, and I was sharing the whole Baptist move to South Australia when when that motion took place. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So as I look back and just reflect on it, there's been some really significant moments that I've been able to be part of and and others uh, as President.
1: Yeah, fantastic. So then you go up to the national level. What does that look like? Well,
0: and so, again, we can do things at the local level Mm -hmm. um, that the state level can't do. And similarly, um, at a national level, we can do things that the um, state can't do Mm -hmm. um, by itself. So we, again, covenant together to form part of a national movement. Mm-hmm. None of it has authority or instruction or direction over the churches, yeah. as we well know. Very <laughs> Baptist, yeah. But there are some things that it can do that mm. can be done on behalf of all the churches who participate and, and the states. Now, for example, Baptists at national level oversee our, our national and international ministries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Baptists. Uh, care Baptist world aid mm-hmm. um, looks at the area of insurance and um, and finance, mm-hmm. and so we actually brought into the Baptist movement nationally what we call delegated bodies right. because these organizations for a while for people like um, Baptist financial services they were a separate operating right. um, part of one state right so we brought them as so. a national ministry and mm-hmm. they become a delegated body under the uh, umbrella of the a the, M, the Australian Baptist, Baptist ministries.
1: ministries I love that you use the word ministry there too because I think sometimes people think here like financial services and insurance services yeah. but that their ministries they you know they're part of, of what we do and how we we yeah. operate and we
0: wanted everything actually to be um, a, a way of equipping and serving the state and the mm. local church yeah and so all of them become means and ministries for that to occur mm. That's why they became delegated bodies of the national ministry rather than just out by their own doing those things. So at that national level, there were certain things that the state can't do that Mm -hmm. the local church can't do and vice versa. A great example is the um, Royal Commission. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, when the Royal Commission mm. looks with their eyes, that they don't see a local church mm. necessarily or a state. Yeah. Th-
1: they they see the,
0: whole the um, director of the national ministry as the responsible person mm. because they carry the Baptist name. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to convince them about <laughs> our ecclesiology. Yes. They, we say, no,
1: that person that is not at the top of the tree, they're actually serving that's the right. local church. They yeah. say,
0: well, I'm sorry, but <laughs> if someone walks into a Baptist church in Alice Springs, they should expect the same standard that as they walk in a church mm-hmm. in Adelaide, and and therefore that has pushed our whole thinking about national standards, mm-hmm. national accreditation, national theological training, national, and so. But that's got to be something that becomes cooperative. Yeah. Uh, but if it happens, that's sort of what's pushing that a little bit.
1: Absolutely, and I think it's part of us being. If it's the right word, but like responsible citizens, you know, we're like we we are in ministry and we we are the local church, but we're in a context and we want to respond to that context well, and we want to show yeah. show our nation and our country that we we hear you know their concerns about things yeah. and we respond well. Yeah, no, no that's yeah. very
0: right, and, and like so often. A local church can sort of say, oh, well, no, I know don't want to receive the leadership of the movement or any way, but that's acting in a way as an isolate person mm. without that sense of responsibility that you've talked about. Mm. Um, so the, the Royal Commission there, they see a national movement mm. of a national church and they put the obligations on that national director and the yeah. national council to actually um, give accountability of what's happening in their churches. Yeah. Very to how we see it. Absolutely. So that's opening the door to a lot of yeah. other considerations now. Yeah,
1: I think the other side yeah. of it, there's the accountability, but there's also the sense of, like you mentioned before, at the state level, like family, that we are actually part of this movement that's not just, you know, we're part of a wider family. We might not see each other that often. It's like yeah. the distant relatives, yeah. but recognising that we're part of something bigger, that God's at, at work. And so that's why I want to take you to the actual global yeah, level. Yeah. Now, we're part of this family that spans the whole world yeah. um, in all different countries. Yeah. So how did, how did you get involved in that? And tell us a bit about the Baptist World Alliance. Yeah,
0: Well, you know what? It, it comes down to that old saying, does it? We're better together. Mm-hmm. We're better yeah. together. And um, once we sort of understand who we are nationally and state and locally, mm-hmm. well, then it's so exciting to know we're part of a bigger movement altogether. Yeah. So the, the bigger movement of Baptists um, which are uh, 47 million baptised believers around the world. It's hard to um, get your head around. <laughs> yeah, that, that, That's um, incredible. So th- that's expressed in terms of what we call the Baptist World Alliance. Mm-hmm. And the Baptist World Alliance had, had a simple intent that is to network the Baptist family mm. um, in order to pro- proclaim Jesus to a lost world. Mm-hmm. And it was a very simple thing, right back, you know, in early days, just to do that, That's um, great. and really, it hasn't changed. That's still the purpose—to network the Baptist yeah. family, in but with the to, goal of mission, yeah, proclaiming Jesus mm-hmm. to to a lost world. Fantastic. And um, so, the Baptist um, World Alliance is expressed through nine regions. Uh, our region is the Asia Pacific Baptist Federation. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that takes into the. Sp- um, Pacific and the Asian area, it's, mm-hmm. it's, um, we're part of that local community. When you look at the world map, of course, it is quite local, <laughs> but even though it feels a long way away. Yeah. Um, but the Baptist World Alliance is a gathering uh, mm-hmm. and it's a network of people. And in that sense, it it uh, doesn't have any authoritative control mm-hmm. over a bit like the whole way right down the line <laughs> yes. the local church. But there are things that can happen at the Baptist World Alliance level mm-hmm. that can't happen at the national level. Yeah. And so this is where we, we find that wonderful expression, we're part of something bigger, and mm-hmm. uh, that bigger uh, has its place. Mm-hmm. Um, so who else can talk into the United Nations? Uh, who, who else can have an audience with the president? Yeah, that's a, Um yeah. Who else can raise issues of human rights um, mm-hmm. that are um, massive problems in some countries? Who can address the issues of hunger? And mm-hmm. so the, the Baptist World Alliance has a, a range of different sort of um, intentions for it to work with and that's largely to strengthen worship and fellowship Mm -hmm. Um, so it's part of the whole world network of particularly in impoverished countries and those are under resourced. how how do we nurture worship Mm and and fellowship and provide resources for people like that Um, leading in mission evangelism Mm -hmm. Um, so Baptist Alliance sees itself as a world mission to lead in evangelism and uh, thus we have things like commissions on evangelism, commissions on mission mm-hmm. that think and work through and wrestle with stuff and then work at how can that be applied in different regions. And because you've got all the collective minds coming together from the disparate groups around mm-hmm. the world, you have all the different reflections coming in there. Can I give you an example of that right yeah, now? Sure. Um, uh, because of the COVID situation, right. yeah, because, um, yeah. we didn't have our... Congress, which has right, been so a major gathering, gathering of all yeah. of the people around the world, which would have been in Rio de, de Janeiro. Right. Um, so it was all virtual.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but out of that's been the Commission on Evangelism uh, through Dr. Elijah Brown, who's the General Secretary. He's asked that there be a school of evangelism mm-hmm. uh, developed in a virtual way. Um, in order that we might sort of work on how are we all responding and doing in the context of the COVID and and what things have been discovered and, and again, to help equip people who may not have the same access to resources that we Mm -hmm. might have. And so a committee's been formed and I'm part of that committee and we're just working on um, how we might be able to do a school of evangelism that is relevant and probably doesn't try and go too deeply into models and theories but say what's happening how did mm-hmm. it work and how can we help each other in that so that'll probably be rolling out next year about March April Wow
1: um, so you'll be sitting in I was say sitting in a room but possibly sitting in a virtual room yeah but with people from all yeah, all around the all world, around the world around the and world hearing
0: and, and hearing stories and we, we want it to be story based yeah um, that, that's not getting lost like the Commission on evangelism would be mm-hmm. the place to do the academic and thinking and theological rigour. Right. Um, but the School of Evangelism will need yep. to touch base at the very local level. So part mm-hmm. of my role on that committee is to keep saying, let's keep it landing at the local the church. church. Well, right, You yep. know, always trying to sort of um, focus on, on that sort of aspect. So that's the dimension that I bring to those sort of conversations. Yep. Yeah. Oh, right. so, so that's um, Mission Evangelism. Yeah. Um, then we've got a massive amount of responsibility for aid and relief. Mm-hmm. If a disaster happens around the world... Um, we know our own local agencies, of mm-hmm. Baptist World Aid and Relief and so on, but at the national, international level, there's a global Baptist World Aid and Relief body. Right. And that body responds to worldwide disasters and goes in and other hands and feet at the point of the local church's connection. Mm-hmm. It's not to do the whole... Response to the mega issues that a disaster might bring must be the local church support right. in and through that. Mm-hmm, and so our national agency, our Canadian agencies and other agencies around the world come together in a forum mm-hmm. of aid and development to assist the Baptist World Alliance in doing that. So it's a collaborative effort in that regard. Yeah. So a lot happens in, in that area. Uh, a yeah. big amount is religious freedom. Okay, and, and which is our Baptist heritage yes, yeah, yeah. so course we
1: also had a conversation with Matt Gray about Baptist yeah, history you know, yeah. that's a big part of us but what does that look like around the world today I'm assuming it's very different in different places very very
0: different um, I'll actually give you a couple of uh, understandings about how our Baptist family struggle in some mm. of these big areas because Uh, Religious freedom, a majority of our Baptists are struggling in areas of religious freedom. Right. And so our Baptist World Alliance, General Secretary and President have entry as we do on a, on a commission in the United Nations mm-hmm. um, to address those things and we have a yeah. voice there. Right. So again, the local church wouldn't have that voice. No, but
1: it, essentially it's it's, it's our us. voice. It's our, it's our, our voice to the United, United Nations. Nations. That's, that's amazing. right. So,
0: so this is why if we see the whole picture it, it is us. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting when we see that. And then the other big one is theological reflection and transformation because that's another area. How do we do theological education in very isolate Areas of Africa, for mm. example, um, and you know areas that don't have access to good internet mm. facilities and so on. So there's lots, lots of challenges that come in regard to all of that. Um, look, look, just for interest, um, when we look at the world, and we're, we've, we're growing by about thirty-one percent at the moment across Baptist around the world. It's amazing. Thirty-one
1: percent. That's thirty-one
0: percent. That's
1: that's when, certainly not how much we're growing in Australia, is it? We're no. <laughs> we not t- in the
0: last ten years wow. from thirty-six million to forty-seven million. Wow. So that's a that's a very very significant growth. And, and the most growth is in the Caribbean, Latin America, African Baptists, and Asian Baptists. Guess yeah. where the decline is? <laughs> in the West. Yep. And, and yeah. Europe and North Americans. There is decline there. Um, Turkish Baptists are growing. Baptists really? of the Congo, um, wow. Belgium, and the Convention of the Philippines grown twenty percent. Wow. So there's so such encouragement, and Cameroon Baptist Convention is the highest eighty five percent growth wow. in, in the last ten well, years. There you go. So there's exciting an exciting it's an exciting
1: thing has happening. But it, I think there's also a challenge. And you think if we think of ourselves as part of this global family, yep. most of the members of our family don't look like us. No. Um, yeah, we're no. not we're not the
0: majority, are we? No, and the wonderful thing about a, a congress gathering mm. is that you see that very point. Yeah, um, that that we who might posture ourselves as being the Baptist of the world, we're not the Baptist of the mm. world. Our family are expressed in all mm. these other different cultures, and um, it's so rich. Yeah, but you know, a lot of those cultures are the ones who are facing massive hunger right. and lack of freedom. Like twenty eight percent of our BWA churches are. Actually, having severe hunger. Wow. that That's yeah. um, that's forty-seven thousand churches yeah. across our movement. Yeah. So we're there Sunday. We're not hungry. But, yeah. But that many of our churches are in chronic hunger. Wow. And um, that's actually thirty-seven percent of all people, Baptists. Thirty-seven right. percent, nearly a. Well. More um, than a third. Yeah. yeah, yeah more than a third uh, yeah. desperately hungry. I agree. Wow. Um, sponsored killing. of our BWA Baptists are in areas where state sponsors killing against Christians. And that's um, 17 million people. Yeah. And so there's a huge... Where where do you address that? Yeah. Um, And with religious freedom um, restrictions, we have the same percentage, about 23% of BWA churches. So that's 11 million Baptists in 17 countries have constricted religious freedom. Wow. So this is the passion of the Baptist World Alliance to say we've got to do something about these yeah. things. And the only way that we can do it is collectively come together. And so that's why a commission on um, freedom mm. or a commission on human rights or a commission on uh, evangelism is not just an academic theological mm-hmm. thing. It's also okay. a real working through how we can um, form resolutions that then go to the... Um, general Council that are then passed, and they become mm. a resolution of the World Baptist Movement, which is us. Yeah, And that resolution right. lands into a country or yeah. a um, conflict area or to the United Nations and gives a rise to our general secretary to be able to go in and mm. um, do something about that or raise the issue. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's quite humbling, isn't it, to think about that, that we are privileged, you know, we are blessed, mm. and, and what does it look like yeah. to respond to the needs of our family around the world? Yeah. Can I ask you, having been involved at this kind of, you know, at this mm. international level and sort of seeing this and hearing these stories, mm. what are, what are you learning? You know, what are you challenged by? What 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 is there that? you think speaks to us, what do we do?
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Like, what challenges me is that we have to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no place for complacency or a laissez fairness within the church. I think you said it before, when it comes to the Royal Commission, mm-hmm. there's something incumbent upon us to actually respond, mm-hmm. to, to do justly and, and to, to see, a th- see an area and respond. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I've always been committed to responding but as I've been exposed to the wider world scene it's both given me perspective on problems. Mm -hmm. I mean what I have considered a problem before doesn't become as much a problem although Mm -hmm. I do appreciate the people in their context it is a problem in relative terms but as I work in Bangladesh and Vietnam that's reshaped me to know what is a real problem Mm -hmm. when we look in relative terms of what isn't. Um, So to respond and to respond in a way that's not just tokenism um, or detached. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we can almost see the agencies that are doing stuff on our behalf Mm -hmm. as a little place where we deposit some money and we've done something significant. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's a lot more that we can do in some way. We can enter into these issues at a local church level. Mm -hmm. So this has challenged me to say, what what is the local church doing about justice, Mm -hmm. about Uh, freedom, Mm -hmm. Uh, what's doing about aid and development, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't just need to be to send money to BAPS World Aid, Mm. but it can be, well, what are we doing in our local context to actually help shape, Mm -hmm. and I love the term, help people live life well.
1: Right. (laughs) Uh,
0: Not not in some triumphalism or some sort of um, unrealistic level, but just to live life well Um, we can actually make a difference. Mm -hmm. So many of the things we're doing, I think, are... um, Not necessarily seeing huge outcomes, but they're making a difference, Mm -hmm. uh, like to one person or two people or three people or or one community or or a government changing their posture about freedom for a particular community group or Mm -hmm. whatever. So where you see that's a thing to celebrate. So so it's just teaching me again that this is right, Mm -hmm. um, and we are called to be those agents of change in a broken world and and it's pushed me more into Luke 4 to say in what way does that help generate me more into the mission for say life What ministries mm-hmm. so uh, it comes from that level of exposure to say that bigger picture is important and mm-hmm. as Baptists that bigger picture is important but we ought not to sit isolated and mm-hmm. just see our local church is all that it is mm-hmm. and it's a far bigger picture than that yeah. so the shaping's been very important to me.
1: Yeah that's fantastic because I, I love I love hearing you know these mm. stories of what we're part of but I think the It's the danger, but the the challenge can be we think, oh, what can I do? You know, I'm just sitting in my local church. I'm just one person. I can't, you know, speak to the UN. I can't make these big changes. I love what you're saying, that we can... Becoming aware of that actually then helps us to enter in at the local level. And
0: at every neighbourhood, if you walked in any street, there's someone's struggling with a sexual pornography mm. issue. There's someone struggling with probably a financial uh, income deficit issue. Someone's in a conflict with their relationships. Mm-hmm. Someone's going through a mental health struggle. Someone's going yeah. through perhaps dealing with disability. Uh, around their neighbourhood, everywhere, mm-hmm. that there are signs and symbols of the same thing. We're looking at a mm-hmm. global level. So we all can do something.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, that, I think that's the encouragement for every person. Be, be, be on mission. Mm-hmm. Be on mission to participate with God in helping Him bring restoration to our broken world, yep. uh, which is a broken but beautiful world.
1: Yeah. yeah, great. So be on mission where you are, and then recognize you're part of God's mission that's so much bigger than you. Yeah. The,
0: the, the mega mission of God.
1: Yeah, yeah, excellent. Anything else? Is there Anything you've particularly seen, or you know, any stories from from being involved at that kind of global level that you think would be encouraging or inspiring for us to hear? Um,
0: yeah, look, look there's one, one lady, I've got a video of it, I don't have it here, but um, we are at a, uh, I think it was in South Africa when we met there, mm-hmm. and there was a lady just was walking out and I was taking a video, and I said, oh, hello, would you like to send a greeting to Australia? And, right. and she um, said, hello, Australia, I am from, and I can't remember now, the church, but it's the church where someone came in and, and killed All all the people who were in that church, and and her sister got killed. In America? Yeah.
1: Yes, right, the shooting, yeah. I
0: can't remember the thing. Um, And and she talked about how um, she was able to stay resilient and praise God within that situation. Now, you know, sometimes they can be just, um, to some people, just loose words, oh, continue to praise God in the midst of your pain, yes, but here's a lady who was doing it Mm. in the midst of her pain, and it just impressed upon me Mm. so much that... Uh, we've got brothers and sisters in other places going through such trauma
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: you can almost not believe the trauma they have and I think that's why the church is growing in those mm-hmm. countries that um, whilst this was in America yeah. you know, in, in Africa um, and in some places in uh, other countries that there's massive persecution. The mm-hmm. church is growing incredibly, um, which we've seen before in, in China, haven't we? In the underground yeah. churches of the world, in Vietnam, you know, the ch- yeah. underground church is growing very, very strongly. Yeah. Um, but that, that was a story that just struck me, me incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, the other thing that strikes me is that I often think, you know, are we making a difference? Um, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm on the Governance Board, I'm on the HR Committee, I'm on the Constitution <laughs> Bylaws Committee, it all sounds dry stuff. Right. Um, and on, on the Executive and um, uh, glo- Global Council. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we go through, because some of the history has been sort of the um, English history, mm-hmm. uh, even in Jamaica and places like that, right. and even in some of the other uh, other areas like um, um, Jamaica, um, mm-hmm. w- w- when when you look at their governance, it's very very. English.
1: Okay. It's, it's
0: yeah. very ordered, very structured. and doesn't mo- seem to
1: fit their personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a contra thing altogether. There's such formality. Yeah. Um, and so as I said on these committees, I, you know, you, you hope to relax that a little bit mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we're hopefully going to just look at what we're about. But there's mm-hmm. this high rigidity. So I think, you know, we've got a place to play there. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of players at the international level have been significant, you know, John Hickey and Ross Clifford and Keith Jobbins and other people have had an input into that um, mm. area of governance and I think the Aussies are, are bringing it back a little bit so <laughs> that it's actually not overly um, bureaucratic, you know, because mm-hmm. it's very, very bureaucratic. So right. we've got a challenge to sort of make, the, make it work at, a, at yep. a local level a bit better. So, yeah, it does make a difference um, mm. and if that can release people like Elijah... To yeah. get on with collaborative relationships, because yeah. the money at the BWA is not great. You know? Right, <laughs> you, you've got impoverished countries. Sort of, mm. what dues can they give? So we, we've just recently, um, through some of these mechanisms, we've we've asked that the. Um, Baptist World Alliance explore collaborative partnerships. Right. So Wilberforce, which is a movement in America, okay,
1: um,
0: which is all about human rights and, and freedom, named yeah. after
1: William Wilberforce. Yeah, that's right. who, yeah. it's called um, Wilberforce. Um,
0: the Baptist World Alliance, because they haven't got money to, uh, under this area of, of freedom and yeah. and rights, we haven't got money to set up a, a centre like that or have mm-hmm. staff. So we've collaborated with Wilberforce to right. be the centre for freedom and um, human rights. Okay. And so within the Baptist um alliance office now is the is the Wilberforce Centre. Okay. And uh that is the a delegated body to oversee that ministry on behalf of the Baptist churches of the world. But mm-hmm. it's their own organisation as well. Mm-hmm. So finding these new ways where there's no money right. to, to find collaborative partnerships. And, and I think that's the other thing that's striking me, that you can do a lot with collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we're better together. We, we've got yeah. the same intention. Let, let's do things together.
1: Yeah, that's great. I can hear echoes of, you know, people I've talked to at local church level, even on this podcast, you know, talking about collaboration. You know, actually it's the same the same principles of, you know, working together and, yeah. and listening to Jesus together operate, yeah. whether it's local church or whether it's a global body, whether yeah, it's, Because know. it's
0: all us. Yeah. It's all who we're called to be, and it's just expressed at different levels. Mm-hmm. And again, what we can't do, another level can do. What another level can't do, we mm-hmm. can do. And we see ourselves part of this wider family. And if we get that, I mm-hmm. think it's far richer, and we, we actually see our calling.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything um, you could say about this particular season that we find ourselves in, any challenges or opportunities that have come out of, you know, what's happening at the moment?
0: Mm. Well, do you know what? I think I shared when we talked talking about the school of evangelism yes. the other night on the podcast that let's look at something that actually is the most common experience that everyone mm. has probably ever had in right. the world, and that's probably COVID.
1: Yes, Yep.
0: Uh, you know, there's very little that has touched the whole world in the same way, mm. perhaps. Uh, I, I'm sure we could think of other things, yeah. but this is... Not,
1: not in recent uh-huh. generations. This yeah. has
0: touched everyone mm. in very, very similar ways. Now, um, therefore, um, l- let's find our way together on that. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's something that impresses upon me really, a lot. And so the, the opportunity was, well, if that's something that we all are facing then let's see how we respond in different contexts for mm-hmm. that because the responses will be different. But there are going to be similar principles throughout. Face-to-face can't happen. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: you know, protection and care and alertness to the care of others mm-hmm. needs to be a principle about it. So, so we're actually finding common values, yeah. common intentions, common um, restrictions, mm-hmm. common constraints. All these things we're finding in common now that in the past has been such differences between people that we haven't had a lot in common Mm. but now there is something that we all share Um, so we're learning that and therefore um, that's bringing a certain togetherness Uh, I guess the old thing we all find in creativity Mm -hmm. adaptive ways um, the use of technology I think is going to change enormously and it might be that the role of the BWA is to you know ensure that all regions are enhanced in their capacity to access Mm -hmm. um, technology in a way that hasn't been before. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're learning that we are more together as a global community than ever before (laughs) in this way Um, and that we've probably been very reliant on too much as well. Um, And COVID, I think, in a Mm -hmm. strange way, has been helping us reassess um, what's really important to us Mm -hmm. and what's significant. And, you know, um, how how is our neighbour and how can we care? It has pointed to those directions much more clearly.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, because I think you hear that just at the individual level. You know, people mm. in their own families and in their own homes, mm. you know, there was certain things during COVID have gone, oh, what what's really important? What do yeah. I really value? And then that's what's happening at the collective levels and yeah. the global levels yeah. as well.
0: Yeah, you know, internationally, we can't travel. Yeah. Um, so now I have to think of the BWA not just necessarily the place where I go somewhere mm-hmm. but recalibrating recalib- uh, it all in my mind and heart mm. to say well it's actually the expression of us together wherever we are and, and the fact we can't come together almost pushes that whole togetherness in, in, yeah. in a way because we collaborate, more. in fact we're collaborating more in many ways now than we did before mm-hmm. I, I think I've had about five sessions now between January and October, right. Know, whereas before, I would have had one, right, at the gathering. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm finding it's actually movies in new spaces.
1: Yeah, it's interesting again because I think you see the parallels with local church. I know in South Australia we haven't had it. We didn't have it for mm. that long, but you know I know for our church when we are online, yeah. same thing. We couldn't gather in person, but actually we're finding all these multiple other ways of yeah. connecting, and that I guess theologically we say COVID is you know is is a mm terrible thing that's happening in the world you know it's got really um tragic consequences for many people but god is able to bring good out of it and god is able to remind us of who we're called to be and yeah yeah, Yeah. there's some real opportunities within it
0: yep and um uh, and it's beholden on us to see those opportunities Mm. and to take them up yeah Mm.
1: great well, as we wrap up, John, yeah. I'd love to ask you, thinking of who might be listening to us today and someone who's kind of you know, part of our movement, we, we want to mm. listen and imagine together and we hope that there are people who have um, never really thought about maybe being part of a Baptist church, let yeah. alone part of Baptist World Alliance. Yeah. They're just yeah. like, I love my local church. Yeah. Um, what would you say to them from your kind of breadth of experience of being involved at all these different mm. levels and your heart for mm. the local church? What mm. it is it that, that you would really want to encourage them with?
0: Okay, well, I'd hope that someone in the local church who says, I love my local church, is listening Mm. to this. Yeah. Because if they love their local church, then it's part of loving the state church, (laughs) the national church and the international church, and, in fact, the world church of God, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the global, body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. Body, yeah. Um, And if we love our local church, that's the most precious thing we can do, but don't allow that to be isolate, mm-hmm. an isolated view um, because a local church, though autonomous and of its own, governance and own accord and hearing God together, as our Baptist prince would say, um, it is still part of something bigger. Mm-hmm. And as we become part of something bigger, it's very rich. Mm-hmm. it 's a rich and real experience, and I think it can amplify then what it means to be part of the local church so mm-hmm. So my encouragement would be for people to become involved, um, be involved in the state association, mm-hmm. you know, come to the assemblies you know because the, the, those places are where we sense even symbolize our, mm-hmm. our, our togetherness um, be part of the go to the website of the ABM and have a look mm-hmm. at some of the issues that are struggling with be aware of how that intersects with something like the Royal Commission. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of work to do that, but it'd Mm -hmm. be great if people did become more aware of that and and probably realise that as they're in their local church and uh, something breaks and they get some insurance cover for that, that's part of the wider movement Mm. doing that. Um, people contributing their, their resources, people at the national level forming a body that will provide those sort of assurance covers. So we really are recipients of the mm. wider movement together. Mm-hmm. So let, let's encourage and affirm it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And hopefully one day we might have opportunities to get involved in those gatherings at an international level. Again, I know um, I went to the Baptist World Congress yeah. when it was in Melbourne, which Saturday was what, I? 2000? There, I was yeah, there. I we I see you. each other. <laughs> so there was, I mean, like you said, I, well, my memory of it is that yeah. there were so many people from so many different yeah. countries. I hardly saw any Australians. Like it yeah. felt like the yeah. United Nations yeah. um, of our family. That's
0: right. So, and and there the could be every opportunity for that to be not far around the corner. So let, yeah. let, let's be encouraged that we I see something like that shortly in mm. Australia.
1: Yeah, that would be an amazing opportunity. Mm. John, I want to thank you so much for your time today, and I also want to thank you, um, you know, that you have. Uh, represented our movement as we we're saying, and you continue mm. to on these kind of different levels, you know, state, mm. national, and international. And we appreciate all that you have brought to that and the way that you've carried that, and um, you know, on our behalf. But I also really rep- appreciate and love the way that you model local church ministry and passion, you know, here in Adelaide and in, in your local church. And um, mm. so it's just wonderful to have a chat with you. Thanks for your time.
0: Wonderful, I'll be really glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Movement Today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your pods. Movement is a podcast from Baptist Church's essay, hosted by Melinda Cousins and produced by Ruth Grace and Kathy Turner. We'll be back next week with a sermon from today's guest.